back to Parked Car Convos. I'm Maddie Mitchell and I'm your host today and always because, well, quite frankly, this is literally my podcast. So who else is going to do it? Happy freaking Monday and happy freaking February again. Happy February once again. If you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you missed it. Uh, Last week on Monday, January 29th, I got on here and I just proudly proclaimed that it is, in fact, February. I decided on my own accord that this was February. And it just, the thing about that is that isn't true. It was just kind of a thing that I said. And yeah, I startled a lot of you in doing so. And that's my bad. I'm my most sincere apologies to you. Truly. I was racking my brain as to what would have possessed me to say such a thing. Cause I really couldn't think of like the rationale that I was, that I was thinking at that time. What I think it is, and not that there's any excuse, But what I think it is, was that, as I've mentioned before, I'm kind of an organizational queen and I have all of the episodes planned out for Q1 of this year, 2024. And so I might have been looking at that prior to filming and it has the the correlating dates with those episodes. So that could have been part of it. I could have been looking at this week's episode, which is coming out on February 5th. That could have been kind of the miscommunication in my brain, but... Nonetheless, I'm I'm very sorry for those of you who I momentarily scared. Uh, and, you know, it is February now. At this point, like, February is old news. At this point, February is, like, halfway over because February is, like, notoriously so short. But happy February. In my defense also, January lasted for, like, 45 weeks. So it was just kind of human nature for me to say, you know what? It must be February by the time this episode comes out. It literally must be. I can't fathom a world wherein this podcast episode comes out and it's still January. That's not making any sense to me. Anyways, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, This week, we're talking about the worst bosses you've ever had. You guys wrote in, which I am so excited to dive into these because I think it'll be kind of like a communal catharsis for all of us, which I'm really looking forward to. And I'm going to fill you guys in on the worst boss I've ever had, which will be fun for me. It'll be fun to get this off my chest. I actually, I've talked about this boss before in like this, I want to say it was like the second or third podcast episode ever called I Got Fired. So that's like kind of a spoiler alert. I wasn't fired. I was let go. There is a difference, I think, theoretically. Um, I was, yeah, it was not a good experience, but some of you might have listened to that episode is kind of, this was my train of thought here. And I want to assure you that even if you've listened to that episode, there's updates there's never before seen or heard by the podcast updates. So that's exciting. And you do have that to look forward to. I will say I'm kind of disappointed with myself. I'm recording this episode on February 3rd, February 3rd, not January. It is Saturday, February 3rd. And I hate recording these on weekends. I really do because it's like, what did I do all week that I couldn't sit down and record a podcast episode? And funny you mention it. I sat down yesterday, Friday to record the podcast episode. I recorded like 25 minutes of it. And then one of my friends called me and I was on FaceTime for like 45 minutes. And then I decided I know I'm not in the mood to keep speaking into a microphone. So I'm just back at it. I'm starting from scratch for no reason at all. I could have, I easily could have started at the 25 minute mark of the last one, but I just figured, you know, let's clean slate it. Might as well. I feel like I'm in, I'm in the groove right now. So might as well take advantage of that. Anyways, I, I'm excited for this episode. Just a reminder, you can become the passenger of the week by taking a picture of this podcast episode playing in your car on your car's radio screen. If you have one, if not, you can always send a parked car convo related meme 
to the podcast Instagram at parkscoreconvos.pod. It's always linked in the show notes. That's where you can send your pictures away and you could be the passenger of the week, which is really exciting. You can also, if you are looking for an additional way to support the pod, you can give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And on Apple Podcasts, you actually also have the option to leave a review where you can kind of sing my praises or or not, but I prefer that you just kind of sang my praises if I'm going to be totally transparent and honest with you. So I really, I appreciate that more than you know, honestly. I also had someone reach out to me um, last week who I think she said she was listening to the podcast from the beginning and which is so scary as I've, as I've said, I don't, I don't even remember what I said in last week's episode. Like how on earth am I supposed to remember what I said almost three years ago at this point? And, and how do I know if it was funny? I have no idea no idea at all. But anyways, she said she was listening to the podcast from the beginning and she was listening to an episode from April of 2022 where I said, I would love to be able to do listener write-in episodes one day, like if enough people were listening. And I was just like getting teary-eyed because I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. That is so cool because now we have listener write-in episodes literally all the time. And that's only made possible by the fact that there are listeners. <laughs> so just a really important reminder that literally none of this would be possible if it wasn't for you. So thank you so much. Thank you in perpetuity. I'm always endlessly grateful for all of you. Let's jump in to Peak and Valley of the Week. My Peak of the Week continues to be all of the videos that people are making using my sound. I Two days ago, I saw this video because so many of you guys were tagging me in it. And it was this professor in, I, I want to say it was at Holy Cross, but it, it was some, I don't know why I think that though. I think I just saw like one comment and I just, it became my truth. But uh, this college professor used my sound in his organic chemistry class that was comprised of like 75%, probably probably closer to 80, 85% women. And his whole class participated in making a TikTok using my sound. And I got full body goosebumps. It was the coolest fucking thing. It was so cool. And I've seen so many cool videos using that sound, but like that one just kind of rocked me to my core a little bit because just like seeing that many people, I don't know. It was just, it was really, really, really cool. So that was my peak of the week. Also, another peak of the week, I I reunited with, this was so random. On Thursday, I got dinner with one of my former bosses, actually. And she is also the worst boss I've ever had. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my God. No, she's the best boss I've ever had. And she is actually, this is like a fabulous kind of like, there is light at the end of the tunnel. If you are in a situation right now where you have the worst boss ever, like there is a great boss out there, or maybe you'll become the great boss. Who's to say, who's to say, but I caught up with my former boss this week. So that was always fun. Always fun reuniting with a friend. I also that same day, this was so random. One of my friends, Heidi, I haven't seen her in so long and we keep texting each other. Like we need to make a plan to like see each other. And I had just texted her the day before. And then all of a sudden I went to Sephora and I see Heidi getting out of her car. And I was like, what the hell? What are you doing here? And then we sat and chatted for like an hour and a half. So it was just fun this week's theme was like reuniting, which was fun. Um, so that's, that's always a good time. And then my Valley of the week is just kind of like 
the general overwhelm and state of chaos that I've been residing in, there's just been, there's been this ongoing issue that I'm really not at liberty to disclose that's been going on. And it's been going on realistically for four months. And then this past month, basically the entirety of January was like a nightmare due to this situation. And then like the past two weeks, it's been escalated even more to like a level three nightmare. And it's so close to just being over. But in the meantime, it's just kind of this like weird, annoying purgatory situation. So I hope that kind of like fills in the blanks. I I hope I gave you enough information. I'm just, I hate being, I hate dealing with, you know, a situation that you're in and you're just like, it's a constant thing that's weighing on you because you know that you're still stuck in it. Do you know what I mean? Also super side tangent, but when, do you ever have this feeling and listen, the girlies that don't have anxiety are about to be like really, really perplexed and probably kind of confused and maybe even a little bit concerned, but as a person with anxiety, does anyone else ever experience this? You are experiencing a moment of like pure bliss and joy. I can, I know someone just said, no, I've never experienced that. (laughs) And that's funny. That's funny. Okay. But no, it's sad also. Like I, I hope you were kidding. Anyways, also therapy maybe. Anyways, um, I'll experience a moment where I'm like, oh my God, I'm so happy right now. Like I'm elated. Like maybe something just happened or I just saw something where I'm like, yes, like this is so great. Like I'm so excited. And then not even five seconds after I experience such joy, such raw, unfiltered, unadulterated joy, I will literally say to myself, wait a minute, what was the thing you were stressed about just 10 seconds ago? What was that thing that you were really just stressed about 10 seconds ago? And then I like, it genuinely escapes my mind and I have to like re regroup and kind of regather myself and say, oh, right. I was really stressed about, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I just totally kill my own vibe instantly. It's so sad. It's so sad, but that's kind of what this situation has been just like an instant vibe killer for the last like four months and just like so messy. And I just, so I hate, I just hate everything about it. So hopefully next week's peak of the week will be that that situation is done. It's finito. It's in the past. And hopefully I'll have some really good news, really good, really exciting news that I'm really excited to share with you. So not to be like so mysterious, but that's that's been my honest and and God honest valley of the week. Yeah, that's right. It's been my honest and my God honest valley of the week. And I am nothing if not trying to be honest and simultaneously God honest with you guys. So there it is. My past the ox song of the week is a song from 2007. I'm obsessed with it. I saw it on TikTok. And you know, when you hear a song from like your childhood, because what 2007, I was nine when you hear a song from your childhood and then instantly you you remember all of the words, they like come back to you and you're like, I am a performer. This is my craft. I am so good at this. Like, how do I, how have I retained all this information where like, how has this actually been occupying space in my brain? That's actually kind of concerning. Anyways, it's a song from Ashley Tisdale called be good to me. So good. So good. It's on an album that she had apparently called headstrong and Another song that's on it that I'm obsessed with is He Said, She Said. Love, love, love that song. Love, love, love it. Can't stress enough how much I love it. So those have been some good bangers. Ashley Tisdale should never have stopped making music. There, I said it. Anyways, 
this week's traffic report is just a quick little update to last week's traffic report. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I'm just going to fill you in really quickly. We talked about the Austin McBroom of it all and how he's going through a divorce and like a very, very public meltdown slash tantrum. There's like, those are the best words I can use to kind of describe it. And he is, you know, obviously capitalizing off of it and making content out of it in a way that is nothing shy of like a little bit pathetic, but it's also like, I'm sure he's making so much money off of it. So like, is it pathetic? I don't know, but it is. But at the end of the day, it is. So last week I had specifically said that I thought there was about like a 30% chance that this whole thing was just fake and it was just for views, meaning their divorce, that they were just kind of doing all of this so that they could make content and profit off of it. And I think now there is like a 90% chance that that is the case. I can't tell. My theory kind of oscillates daily because I can't tell what parts of it are fake and what parts are real, but like definitely, definitely so much of it is fake, like confirmed fake. He is playing this up so much for views. He is now living in an RV parked outside of their home. Like that's a shtick that has, that absolutely has to be a shtick. There's no other way. He went for like three days where he was wearing the same tank top with stains on it. It's like he just wants himself to be viewed as this like pathetic, sad, like sad, sacky, just kind of a man that you want to sympathize with because he's just so pathetic. And I'm, I promise I'm not even being mean. Like this is just like a character that he's creating that you have no choice but to kind of come to this conclusion. It is so weird. It's like, it's so weird. And it just like keeps getting faker and faker day by day. But I can't tell like, is the divorce fake? Because that feels crazy. And how do you come back from that? Like if you're faking a divorce, that would mean that you're still married. And then it's like, at what point is your content going to be like, oh, wait, we're not divorced anymore. We're getting married. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know how they would push through that. But I, all I know is that he's definitely faking a lot of this. And it's, it's crazy to see a person so willing to fully and completely and utterly debase themselves for money and sympathy. I don't know. Just like, it's pitiful. It's nothing shy of pitiful. I also think it could have been that when they announced the divorce, everyone was so clearly team Catherine because it was like everyone knew that he had like cheated on her so many times. So it's like, yes, like get a divorce, like get out of the situation. And I don't know that he was anticipating that. So I think part of it could be that he wants to get in like the good graces of the people again by way of being so pathetic that they have no choice but to like kind of feel bad for him, which again, long term, what's that going to get you? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know, but Anyways, I digress. So that's just like a quick little update on that. If you guys are following along, like let me know your thoughts because I I would love to know. Okay, now let's dive into the horrible bosses of it all. I would like to really quickly cut, just kind of share my story, share my truth, and then share the update with you guys for those of you who already are aware of the situation. But essentially, I got a job, my first like full-time, you know, corporate type job that I had out of college, which I graduated college in 2020 mid pandemic. Like it was slim pickings. It was the slimmest of pickings, especially for someone who wanted to go into marketing, more specifically social media marketing, because those were, 
there's, I mean, social media is a really, really hard field to get into like social media marketing in general, because it's like so highly sought after. There's just like, it's very competitive, but in addition, companies during the pandemic, as they're like making cuts and adjusting things, marketing was like the first to go because for whatever reason, companies think that they can survive without marketing, which just is inherently untrue, but whatever. So it was, it was really hard to find a job. I finally get this job. And even throughout the interview process, I knew I, I hated it. I knew I hated everything about it. The people were not great. Like even if the job job description and like company wasn't sounding amazing and fun. If you go into an interview and the people are like awesome and you're just kind of like vibing, you're like, okay, this isn't so bad. Honestly, that's how I felt about my like most recent corporate job that I was laid off from last year. It wasn't a company that I ever really saw myself, you know, working at. It wasn't like a dream industry that I was in, but it ended up being so fun because of the people and because I had so much creative freedom. And it was just like so many things about it were great that I, I never would have anticipated when I was applying to the job, if that makes sense. So I applied to the job because it was an entry level, you know, you didn't need any experience, which is also so hard because when you graduate college, there are so many jobs that are like, okay, this is like technically entry level, but you also need three years of experience. And it's like, what does that mean? Literally, what does that mean? It's, and I think there's so many jobs out there. And the more that I like talk to people and I've seen what, you know, other people have gone through, there's so many just like scammy, scammy jobs for people that are just graduating that specifically cater to people with no, no experience. And they just pay so shitty and they just like bleed you dry and take advantage of you. And it's horrible. It's just horrible. So I applied to this job because no experience required. It was in digital marketing, which is kind of like the broader umbrella that social media falls under, but it was going to be an all encompassing digital marketing role, which I was also kind of like, this is good. I'll be able to feel it out and kind of get a feel for all these different like facets of marketing. So I thought it would be a good learning experience too. And it was also a super small company, which again, appealed to me because I thought I'd be able to like see a lot of different roles and kind of learn, learn a lot more because I'd be wearing a lot more hats, which at the time was appealing to me, which shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been, but it was, I mean, it is in the sense of like, if you're working for a good company and it's a small company and you get to like do a lot of different things, it's cool to see, you know, what kind of, um, path you might want to go down. So I, I, I kind of had high hopes in that regard, but those quickly dissipated because I hated, I I hate, I shouldn't say that, but everyone that I interviewed with was just like, I was not getting good vibes from them. The first person I interviewed with, she was actually the person I ended up working with most closely. And she was, she was fine. She was fine, but I could just tell that she was like so obsessed with this job in a way that wasn't like healthy, you know what I mean? And she was just talking about kind of how all consuming it was like little bits and pieces of it there that you're kind of like, that's kind of a red flag. She also, I remember very vividly, I remember thinking it's so interesting because anytime she would reference the CEO or boss, and I say like, I'm putting air quotes around CEO because it's a company of like eight people. So just because you started the company, you're naturally the CEO. Like it's not like an earned title, but whatever. The way that you would talk about this CEO was just putting her on 
the biggest pedestal. Like I could tell the way that she was, it was, it was so off-putting. And I remember being like, oh, that's kind of like icky. It's just like icky the way that she's talking about the CEO. And it wasn't in, it wasn't in like a super complimentary sense. Like, oh my God, she's just like so good at her job and like blah, blah, blah. It was, it was fear-based. Do you know what I mean? It was like, I have been trained to put this woman on a pedestal. It was creepy. It was not fun. And then I interviewed with a couple more people and then including the CEO eventually. And then I remember it was so weird because after I did my last interview, I was told that the next step would be doing a day where I would like shadow them essentially. And I would just kind of like be at the, like, cause this, this job was fully remote. And I, so I would be participating in like their meetings and then I would have to do a few like tasks for them just to kind of like see if I liked the company and to see, um, and for them to see like, if I was, you know, good at doing whatever they were asking of me. And so I was like, okay, so like, that's the next step, whatever. And then so confused because then like a few days later I get a job offer. And I remember being like, wait, what? So, okay. So that's not the next step. And I will never forget getting the day I got this job offer because I could not bring myself to even feign excitement in any capacity. I was not happy. I was so not happy. I just had the worst feelings about this job. And I also had seen uh, a lot of reviews on Glassdoor, which if you don't know what Glassdoor is, it's like a job listing website, but you can also go on and read reviews for people that have from people that have worked at companies to see what their experience was, which is so helpful. And if you are looking for jobs, I like can't recommend it enough because if I had listened to the recommend the reviews that were left on Glassdoor, I would have not had this job and it would have, I would have avoided like a really miserable experience. So I really, I would recommend those. So I remember seeing horrible, horrible reviews of this place, of working at this place. Like the boss is a narcissist. Like it's just such a weird, toxic company. Like the culture is awful. It's, she's so manipulative. She micromanages everything. And like every review was also about this CEO woman. So I remember seeing them and being like, okay, this is obviously just like red flag after red flag, but it's also you have to take those things with a grain of salt. Cause I'm like, maybe they were horrible employees. Like maybe that's why they had a horrible experience there was because like they weren't doing their job. Like you never know, obviously you shouldn't believe everything at face value, but it was interesting to see so many reviews that said the same thing. And I remember, I think right now on their glass door, there's like 25, 26 reviews, which is insane. If you take into consideration that this is a company of eight people. So it, the turnover is insane. And they have like a 2.6 star review on Glassdoor of employees. Like that is crazy. That is fully crazy. So I start working there and immediately it was just like the most stress inducing company ever. We had meetings every single day, company wide meetings every single day at like 9:30 AM. And it was just, it was just a shit show. It was like the worst it was the worst vibes because everyone was kind of walking on eggshells and is trying to figure out like what they're supposed to be doing. It was so chaotic. It was so mismanaged. Everything was so disorganized. No one knew what they were actually supposed to be doing. And so I was technically a junior account manager. So the first week I go through quote unquote training because they just, the way that they trained me was just like not effective in any way, shape or form. And obviously as someone who didn't have any experience, it's like, I'm relying on the way that you're training me to be able to do my job. And that wasn't the case because when you're not trained properly, you won't be able to do your job very well. So I get trained the first week. And then I remember the Monday of my second week, right? 
I have my, we have our company-wide meeting at 9.30. I get on the call and the CEO says, okay, Maddie, so have you prepared the agenda for the meeting with X client in 30 minutes? And I'm, I like broke out into hives because I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't even have this meeting on my calendar. I had literally no idea. I hadn't sat in on any client meetings at this point. I didn't even know anything really about this client besides that they were like a construction company. That was it. That was literally it. And so I remember being like, no, I had no idea that I was supposed to do that. Like no one told me to do that. And when you're a week into your job, if no one is telling me to do something, how on earth am I supposed to know that I'm supposed to do that? How? Riddle me that. And then she was like, you really should have known to do that. Like that's just protocol when you're an account manager, blah, blah, blah. And so she did not back down. Like she was not kind about it and forgiving in any capacity. And it's so embarrassing because it was like on a call with literally everyone else there. So I remember being like, okay, this is like so awkward. I was like, my face turned beet red. Like it was just so unnecessarily stressful. So right then and there on my sixth day of work, I could tell it was just like the beginning of the end. I immediately started looking for other jobs. I just hated it. It was like I never felt like I was doing anything right because even when I was doing the things that I was supposed to and doing them correctly, it was like, oh, but you were supposed to do this. And it's like, how am I supposed to know to do that? It was total like she expected everyone to read her mind and kind of anticipate her needs. And she just had way too big of a hand in everything. It's like, if this is your company, you should be delegating and letting people do their own thing. But instead she had to be a part of like every step along the way, which is why I think there was so much just like micromanaging going on because she wouldn't let people do their jobs, which is how do you expect this to be successful if you're just like not letting people actually work and do anything. And then just like more and more would happen where she would just be so narcissistic. And she thought that like she was the face of the company, which is weird when this is like a marketing agency. Like this isn't like, this isn't like your brand. Like it, it, it isn't, it's, it, this is supposed to be its own entity. And she just like wanted her face to be on everything that was related to the company. And it's like, you're not a celebrity. Like this isn't holding any weight of seeing your face. Like no one knows who you are like with peace and love. So it was, it was so weird. And she would, ha- she would talk about herself in third person on calls and she'd be like, Oh no. Um, yeah, let's, how about we record this, um, me speaking at this conference and put it on, uh, my LinkedIn. She had people managing her own personal LinkedIn, which I'm, I'm like, how is that in their job description? Like that has nothing to do with this company. And she would say like, no, that asset right there, like that's that, um, what should I, what should I say her name is? Um, Stacy. She's like, no, that one's just for Stacy. That's not for the company. That one's Stacy's put that on Stacy's. She's talking about herself, talking about herself like that. And then I remember there was one, um, like small business conference or some sort of like marketing conference that I guess she had spoken at in the past and she wasn't chosen to be a speaker at the conference that year. And she went on and on about how like embarrassing it was for them to not choose her as a speaker. It was horrible. And not to mention she had been doing digital marketing for like 25 years, I want to say. And if you work in marketing or if you've seen the world, um, you know that those things change all the fucking time. Everything is constantly changing. What worked in like web marketing in 20, like 25 years ago does not work now. It does. It doesn't work. And so how she even had any clients was beyond me because nothing she was doing was revolutionary and or effective. And that was also frustrating, especially because I felt like I knew a lot about social media. And when I would give my input, she was like, no, we're going to do this. And I'm like, this is boring and it's getting no likes, but like fine. And she just like, wouldn't, 
she wouldn't take anyone else's opinion into consideration, which again, is like, how are you running a business like this? It's, oh my God, it was so bad. So I ended up, um, after a month, I had a meeting with the CEO, a one-on-one meeting, and it was supposed to be like talking about my progress and everything. And I remember her saying like, so how do you like this role? Like, what are your favorite things about it? What are your least favorite things about it? And I tell her, my favorite and least favorite things. And she was like, okay, so what I'm thinking is like, maybe this role isn't best suited for you. Maybe we reevaluate in a month and we say like, okay, if these are your favorite things, we can kind of like make that your primary tasks, like your primary role. And basically, and then she was also saying that another person at the company who had been there for like years, he started in my position, but then he ended up liking, you know, X, Y, and Z better. So then he ended up like transitioning and they made a new role for him wherein he just like did those things because that's what he was good at. And so I was like starting to feel a little bit better at that point. Cause I was like, okay, this is actually good because maybe I'll be able to like make myself a new role where I'm doing the things that I like to do because a lot of it I didn't like. It wasn't interesting to me. It was like super analytical, which I don't like at all. Like I'm definitely way more of a creative person. So I felt a little bit better after that. Then we were supposed to have a meeting after two months of me working there, after two months of me working there, no meeting is set up. And at this point I despised this woman with everything in my being. So I never reached out to her or like tried to get it set up obviously. And then two weeks after that, I get a surprise call on a Monday morning with, um, the woman who had been training me allegedly and the woman who was the CEO. And they were like, I, we just think that we should have hired someone who had more experience. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, awesome. Thank you so much for wasting my time. And so then they let me go. And then when I ended up getting my job that I worked, you know, most recently that I loved, I ended up going on Glassdoor and writing a review. I didn't want to do anything before that because I was like, these people are just like vindictive and scary. And like to this day, anytime I see someone trolling on like my TikTok or Instagram account, I genuinely have a fleeting thought that like it could be her because that is the kind of woman that she is. Like she is one of those just like vile people that just is a a real human form of like all of the worst things ever. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I just wanted to really quickly read you guys some of the glass door reviews because I think that'll paint the picture. Okay. I don't know who these are from, but they're from people that worked there after I left and have already left the company as well. Um, also I know for a fact because of employees that I've reconnected with or former employees that I've reconnected with that she would make people who are currently working in the company go on and leave a glowing review of working at this company to outweigh the negative ones. That was something she forced people to do. So when you go onto this glass door page, I can scroll through and the only positive reviews are left by current employees because it, it says current employee or former employee. And all of the current employees leave five-star reviews saying that it's such a great place to work and that it's like such a fun environment. And that's because they're literally being forced to by their boss, which is so funny. So this is obviously from a former employee. Uh, the first red flag I noticed was during my initial offer. I was to be onboarded as a salaried position. And then after starting was told that my role would actually be hourly. While I didn't think much of the change, some other issues began to arise that I began taking note of. Employees began dropping like flies, sometimes disappearing without notice or telling us goodbye. I was sometimes even notified a week or two after their absence that they had quit quote unquote, or quote unquote, taken a leave of medical absence when in reality they'd been fired or found a different position. 
While I enjoyed working with small businesses, my time at this company was ultimately overshadowed by too many sore points, including the incessant time logging policy, unrealistic project deadlines, and the enigmatic departure of multiple team members I enjoyed working with. I made the decision to leave not only because it was impacting too many aspects of my life, including my mental and emotional health, but also because I knew this career was not viable for me in the long run. Like craziness just craziness. This next person says that the cons of working at this company, obsolete and overcomplicated time logging policy that implicates a lack of trust in employees. This was insane. Every single day before we signed off for the day, we had to log every single thing we did for every minute of the day. Okay. And if you work from home, that's, you know, that's not realistic because you might get up and you might make yourself a smoothie at 10 a.m. You might go uh, put some laundry in at one o'clock. You know what I mean? You might get up and uh, go to the bathroom. Like, what do you mean? Every single, it, it had to equate to eight hours of work for you to get paid for the full day. Do you understand how insane that is? So it was like in five minute increments, you had to have everything that you did and you couldn't put anything that wasn't work related except for a 30 minute lunch. Do you understand how insane that is? It is so insane. They continued to list the cons of impractical deadlines and expectations, lack of organization and transparency with projects, zero sick days. Is that even legal? I have no idea. And what little PTO was offered was only available to those who worked at least six months of employment, which is funny because like no one would even last six months. Employee turnover is obscene. Uh, lack of fostering company culture and interpersonal relationships. Owner lacks organization and communication skills and emotional intelligence. And then I'm just going to read the little blurb that they wrote about the boss to give you, to give you a really good um, idea of what I was dealing with. They wrote, meanwhile, the boss cannot take any criticism or admit any flaws in the work that she does or the way that she works. So everyone has to work around her disorganized, nonsensical preferences. She lacks self-awareness and is unable to see the flaws in her logic, work, organizational slash leadership and communication skills. Though there are members of the team who are more up to date or skilled in certain areas of marketing, the boss often asserts her strategy over theirs instead of trusting the in-house experts to make decisions. The CEO should not play account manager on a daily basis. She openly plays favor openly plays favorites with employees, not enforcing policies with the people she favors and being unreasonable or outright rude to others. All the while, she thinks you should respect her regardless of how she treats you. You will likely be asked to do things that are completely outside the boundaries of your role. She will take advantage of you in as many ways as she can, but speaking out against it earns you the labels of quote unquote negative and quote unquote not a team player. The manipulation is out of control. You can see part of the delusion playing out in the replies to these reviews. They say negative reviews are fake when really the positive ones, the boss had to beg current employees to leave every time we start hiring, which is often because the turnover is atrocious. Also, I forgot to include this detail. The CFO of the company and also their HR representative is the CEO's mom. Riddle me that. Riddle me how this woman's mother is her HR representative. How? What? What? And she's the CFO of the company? What does that even mean? And it's also just like such a fake such a fake title, but I want to I want to read to you what they replied to this because it's crazy. Okay, so bear in mind, it is 100% the CEO that is replying to this, and obviously she's referring to herself as the CEO. The individual attacks our CEO with such contempt, but comments about how the people on the team were, to quote the reviewer, I will say the best team I've ever worked with. Um, they were kind, funny, collaborative, and all very strong in their roles, which that has nothing, those two things are not related. 
maybe they they liked the people on the team but they didn't like the CEO. It's very clear. Our CEO must not have been so bad if we have some of the best people. And many of our team members have been with us for many years. Our team members tenure is currently averaging around nine years. She is referring to one employee that has been there for nine years, one singular employee. And then all of the rest last less than six months. Like it is, oh my God, it is so crazy, but it's crazy to like fight back and be so obstinate and like double down it just makes them look so embarrassing and I'll just end I'll end with my reviews that I left for them the amount of red flags that I overlooked while accepting this job was astounding however I took it because it was mid-pandemic and I needed a job as a recent college grad with very little experience I was excited to find a job that required no experience with the promise of training internally eventually I would be let go because they quote-unquote actually should have hired someone with experience Though I interviewed four times and they were amply aware of my professional background, wish they had come to that realization before I wasted 2.5 months of my life. 2.5 exactly, in case you were wondering. The onboarding slash training process is incredibly lacking at this company and I felt ill-equipped to handle pretty much any task I was assigned. And those were just the tasks that I was specifically asked to do, not the ones I was supposed to telepathically interpret for my boss. In my second week, I was called out in front of my peers for not preparing an agenda for a meeting that I was unaware I was even invited to. It did not go over well. And this is just one example of many. The true downfall of this company is, in quotes, the CEO herself, which I thought that would probably grate on her that I put her title in quotes. It was very clear why she had to start her own business. She is extremely difficult to work with and she's the least self-aware person I have ever met. She puts herself on a pedestal God himself would envy. To the CEO, how you have not read these reviews and honestly questioned and reflected on your leadership style is genuinely concerning. I feel sorry for those who are still working with you, though that number appears to be rapidly decreasing. When you left me unemployed in the midst of a pandemic, I ended up being relieved. That's when you know. Thanks for the countless stories you've provided me with. I've learned to heed the red flags and discovered exactly what I don't want in a professional environment. And I'll have you know 12 people found my review helpful, so... That was just kind of the best I could do. So as I said, I left my review after I had secured my the job that I most recently worked. And after I posted the review, I actually heard from this other girl who I'd worked with at this company. And it's crazy because I didn't I didn't work with her a lot because we we were working the same role. So we each just had clients that we would work on. So we never really mingled, but we started around the same time. She ended up lasting a few more months than I did, but then she ended up leaving. And so she saw my review and she knew that it was me because she could tell by the dates that I left that I, or the dates that I put on the review that I worked there. And so she reached out to me and I had never talked to anyone at the company about how insane this woman is because the person I worked with most closely was like up this woman's ass and like loved her. So it was like hard for me to get a vibe on the other people that were working there and what they thought. And so I ended up, I ended up talking to this girl and who I'm now friendly with, which is like a really funny turn of events. Um, and then two other employees that worked there at the same time who have also since left. And we were all just like commiserating together. And it was so validating to hear from other people and to hear their experiences and to be able to be like, okay, yes. So I wasn't losing my mind. It was the worst working environment. It was just horrible. And it was one of those things where like every single day I was like sick to my stomach anxious to like log on because there was inevitably going to be something I didn't do or I did wrong or I was supposed to do somehow and and ugh, it was it was truly heinous anyways now that we're 40 minutes into this episode I hope you enjoyed my story my fall from grace but uh let's read some of your stories I'm really excited okay first up we have 
This one is a doozy. I, male, worked at our local, the Lord's Chicken, Chick-fil-A, from the day I turned 15. This is Texas labor laws, lol. Oh my god. Just like a 15 years old is so young. A 15 year old working at Chick-fil-A. Um, so from the day I turned 15 to February 17th of when I was 17. So two years of my life I spent at this job and I started at a pay of $8 and 25 cents and made my way up to 1250 over the next few years. Okay. You climbed the ranks. Love that for you. Killing it. My boss, we will call him Dave was a horrible person and always hated all of us. He said once quote unquote, we always have people lined up to work at our Chick-fil-A. So it doesn't matter who we fire or hire. I won't lose any money. This was one of the first things that caught me off guard. Another situation that we had was when our dining room manager passed away. I went to the funeral along with everyone else who works there, including Dave. Dave proceeded to laugh during the entire funeral service and was being super loud and disrespectful. I was in shock because the family was thanking him afterwards for hiring their grandmother. The next thing was that he was what he would say about charity. At Chick-fil-A, people would often come in asking for donations for the food shelter and for the raffles or fundraisers that needed some food or coupons to help raise money. And this man said, I'm not giving anything to charity anymore. It's not worth all my hard work to help people that don't have as much money and work ethic as me. Oh God, baffled as I was, I continued to work for the next few weeks when I met my horrible end to my time at Chick-fil-A. I was given a cup of mandarin oranges oranges by the kitchen manager to eat while I was on my break. After I clocked in for my break, I'm told that Dave needs to see me in his office. Then I find myself being accused of stealing the oranges. And then they proceed to put the Ten Commandments from the Bible in my face and say, what do these mean to you? Keep in mind that they knew I'm a practicing Christian, a practicing Christian, a practicing Christian, but even this is crazy to do to me. Literally the commandments printed on paper and I left laughing as I was getting fired because this was absolutely crazy. Anyways, all things said, I see this man in public with a new woman every week while he has a wife and kids at home. So he's a cheating SOB. Thank you for listening to my story. Oh my God. That's a heinous way to enter the workforce. I'm so incredibly sorry. Also, I know that Chick-fil-A is like a Christian organization. It's a Christian company, but is it legal to like throw the commandments in your face as a reason for to fire you by way of the Ten Commandments? Is that seeming sketchy to anyone else? I get that you can't steal from the... Also, stealing, even if you had stolen the mandarin oranges, oh, well, like, they'll live. They'll be fine. What? Literally, what? That is crazy. What a horrible, horrible person. Also, I'm loving the... uh, They don't have as much money and work ethic as me. And it's like, yeah, sure. You are... What was he? Was he the manager or was he the... Yeah, he was the manager. I don't even know if he was the owner. But it's like, okay. It's it's funny to act as if like you are the CEO of GM. But it's like they don't have this work ethic. It's like you own a Chick-fil-A. You know what I mean? And that's no small feat. But to be acting like the, like you are the pinnacle of success and fortune and wealth is, is crazy. Because it's like you manage a Chick-fil-A you're just a Chick-fil-A manager. Like you need to be taken down a peg. Again, 
not hating on people who manage Chick-fil-A's, but to have a superiority complex about it, that's kind of, that's like strange to me. And also it's inherently incorrect to say that people that need charitable donations don't have the same work ethic as you. Cause it's like, how did you fall into this? Like tell us your backstory and then we can kind of all collectively decide who has, who has a good work ethic here. Oh my God. I'm glad you don't work there anymore though. That's a good thing. Okay. I had a boss once who would line up all of the employees who were all female to tell us who looked good enough and who didn't for the day. No, no, no. He always hated what I wore and told me I should strive to look like one of my other coworkers. He would sometimes call me into his office just to look at me and say, okay, you look fine today. One time he hated my pants and he went on and on about them until I cried, which is, this is funny because it's inherently creepy and like skeevy that a male boss is doing this. Wait, yeah, a male boss is doing this, but it's like also funny that he's like kind of approaching it from like a fashionista lens and he's like, these pants are hideous. Like they're not working for you. Like that's a crazy angle to take when you are being so crazy and objectifying. Like that is that's such an interesting angle and it's not okay, but it's just like interesting that like, that's what he would comment on. Like he hates your pants. Like, okay. Uh, until I cried. And then I came back from the bathroom. He informed the whole office that he was banning us from wearing the kind of pants I had on. The CEO of the company was somehow even worse, forcing us to work overtime with no compensation and making us relabel products he bought online with his product labels on them. He once told me I should just die when I was talking about my allergies. Oh, this is heinous. I'm also needing to know what kind of like work environment this is because why was the CEO of the company there? Like I was expecting this to be like a, like a store, like a retail environment, but then the CEO of the company, like I knew when I worked a retail job, the CEO of anthropology wasn't walking in and talking to me. So I'm needing to know what kind of setting this was. I'm like, because then it might be justified. (laughs) No, it's horrible. It's horrible anyway, paint it, but just like to get the picture clear in my head, that would be helpful. That's yeah, that's awful. That's awful. And like definitely illegal parts of that are definitely illegal. It's just crazy how insane people are and how they just like don't care. And I, I read a few that were honestly more sad than entertaining unfortunately but they were like I wanted to do something about it like I wanted to sue them but I can't because like I don't have the time and money to spend on a lawyer to go to court and sue them and I think that is just like common knowledge to a lot of these like really really shitty really horrible people that run these companies because it's like yeah we can mistreat them because what are they gonna do we don't pay them enough we know we don't pay them enough to hire lawyers and to do anything about it so we can just keep getting away with it which is so gross it's just nasty okay next we have Ugh, I've had so many, but one that stands out is an assistant manager I had when I was a bank teller. He wrote me up for a dress that I wore that was literally, that literally went to my ankles, but he thought it showed too much cleavage. Mind you, I bought this dress at a casual corner. Look it up. It's, there's not a slutty thing in sight and had worn it to my great grandma's hundredth birthday party. So definitely not slutty. I also worked in the drive-thru alone which was in a separate building that you couldn't see into. But the worst was when my grandma died and I had to fly home for the funeral. He said he needed a copy of her death certificate upon my return. When I brought him back the obituary proving that she was my 
grandma. He acted appalled like he never asked for it. I didn't last long there. I hated it. That is insane. That is fully, fully insane. What a psychopath. It's also like so inherently gross for a male boss to comment on what a female employee is wearing. And I think everyone can acknowledge that, especially in like a corporate setting, like there are so many, there are things that are just like, yeah, that's like not going to fly. And like everyone knows like that's not going to fly. But to be like pointing at, like it's so uncomfortable. I can't even fathom having a male boss come up to me and say, your dress is showing too much cleavage. I'd be like, why the fuck are you looking? You sick freak. You actual sick freak. Get away from me. Especially because I know myself and I'm sure this person as well knows that they they would never even attempt to wear something like that in a work setting for obvious reasons. Like, duh. So, ugh, that's, ew, that's so gross. That is so, so, so gross. Especially like you said, like you're working a drive-thru, like no one's even seeing you. Literally no customer is seeing you. So like, what is the actual problem here? I don't like that. That's gross. And it's also so insensitive about your grandmother. I saw too many, too many people wrote in saying that their bosses wouldn't let them take one day off of work to go to like a funeral for a family member. And like, that is so nasty. Like we have lost the plot so severely. If you can't, if you can't forge on to let an employee skip a day of work to go grieve, to mourn, like, oh my God, you need to really reprioritize there. That is so just like inhumane and disgusting. All right. I started my first teaching job mid-year, January in 2016. I was a timid little female baby teacher who didn't know if I'd get offered a contract the next school year or not. One month into teaching, my principal called me into his office and the existential dread of this occurrence does not diminish as you get older. It will always be terrifying. When I sat down at his desk, which literally had nothing on it somehow, he stared at me for an uncomfortably long second before saying, now, I don't know if you're heterosexual or not, but I want to show you something. I'm sorry, what? And he reached into his drawer and pulled out a copy of the local paper's most eligible bachelor edition. Pause. Why does that exist? What? What? That sounds like something in like a sitcom. He pulled out the local paper's most eligible bachelors. What the, what is that? I need to see it. (laughs) I somehow need to get my hands on that. Okay. To make matters more mortifying, he had highlighted and annotated the men that he thought I'd pair well with. One of them was even a teacher down the hall. He spent the next six months trying to connect me with one of said bachelors and called me to his office on two more occasions to ask if this bachelor had called me yet, even after I declined his matchmaking offers. I later found out that he tried to remember one thing about all of his employees so that he could make cringy small talk with them. For example, my friend had had surgery and he would literally come up to her in the hallway and ask, how's the bod? Not body, bod. I'm so humbled by the fact that my small talk fact was that he remembered my obvious singleness. That, yeah, I get that. I totally get that. I don't even know how to receive this information. It is so strange and such like a massive overstepping of boundaries. But it's just like also so inherently, it's so weird. It's, and also 
does it come from a place of kindness? I don't know because it's not like you had worked with this man for years and you had kind of developed a friendship and he was like doing this kind gesture, even if like, no matter how misguided, if that's what his intention was, but you were essentially a stranger to him. You'd only worked there for what a month. You said that's crazy. That is actually so crazy. I don't understand how people have such an inability to like read the room. That is something that I think all of us should be grateful for because I'm guessing most of us listening to this podcast have an innate ability to read the room and we have self-awareness. I can't, no, I can't imagine not having that. I'm so eternally grateful for, for that, honestly. A vet I worked for in college told me all about women's nipples he saw over lunch at a swimming pool. What? I guess she was sunbathing topless. I'm sorry. I need to read that sentence again. A vet I worked for in college told me all about the a woman's nipples he saw over lunch at a swimming spot. I guess she was sunbathing topless. Okay. He said her nipples were really pink like his wife's were before she had kids. I'm, I, I've never, like, imagine not having a filter and like not being able to filter your thoughts and just say that to your employee to your employee that is scary one day he walked into the clinic carrying a sawed off shotgun with a revolver handle which is an illegal modification when we asked why he was carrying it he said well I wasn't going to leave it under the seat while my truck is getting cleaned he would also sometimes yell at and hit dogs in front of their owners if the dog wasn't cooperating. I I hate this man. I hate this gun-toting veterinarian. Also, whatever, whatever. Okay, I digress. He told someone AIDS wasn't real and was caused by, quote-unquote, gay people's unhealthy lifestyle. Okay, well, if it's, okay, okay, obviously untrue, but it's also insane to say that it's not real, but then to go on to say it's caused by this because which is it? Is it not real or is it real and it's caused by this? Those two things can't be true at the same time. He also didn't hire a very qualified black woman as a receptionist because the clients wouldn't accept her. What Southern state were you in at the time? If I had to guess, I don't know, Louisiana, Arkansas, South Carolina, I don't know. I don't know where you were, but that is actually wretched. And that person should not, should not be, that person should not be. That is horrible. He hit all of it. He's racist. He's homophobic. He's sexist and misogynistic and also aggressive and and loves guns. So what a winner. And somehow he has a job wherein he's supposed to take care of animals. That's not adding up in any capacity. I don't truly just like the epitome of a vile vile human okay awesome found out I was being paid 30k less than a co-worker with the same title who had been there one year longer and when I asked my boss about it she said I'm disappointed you've been having conversations about salary are you on something are you kidding that what that translates to is I'm disappointed that you caught me in this lie wherein I was able to save thirty thousand dollars that is horrible. And this is why it's so important that we have conversations about salary transparency so that people aren't getting ripped off. 
so that people aren't getting ripped the fuck off. I'm so glad you found out that one of your coworkers was, was getting paid so much more than you because then you knew that you had the right. I feel like especially as women, it's like there's such like an apprehension about asking for a raise or asking for more money and without having that knowledge, it can be so scary. But I feel like people get so much more confident in what they're asking for when they know that like, okay, this is based on what other people are getting paid that do the same job that I do. So I feel like that's super helpful. So I'm, I'm curious to see how did that shake out for you? Did she end up caving at some point? Or did she just like end it there? That's, that's not okay. None of it's okay. Um, I worked as a waitress at a restaurant in college and the owner used to throw bread at us if we weren't moving fast enough. You know, just a casual assault with carbs while on the job. Totally normal. Awesome. 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 Just like, I can't imagine being in a position where an I, an adult person, presumably, am throwing food at people that work for me, it just like kind of goes to show the power trip of it all. Like a a manager at a restaurant is just like, you know what? These people are my bitches. I can throw whatever I want at them. I can throw food at them. doesn't matter. What are they going to do? They work for me. Like that's a crazy, crazy mentality to have. I, yeah, I could never see, I could never foresee myself doing anything like that. And that's just what kind of takes it to a whole new level where you're like, in what world are you thinking that that's a good thing to do? You know, I, and I'll never know. I'll never know the reasoning behind it. I worked in politics. My boss was mean, aggressive, and had zero boundaries, was also verbally abusive. And now he's in prison. So what goes around comes around. That is beautiful. And I think that is the karma that we should all be kind of aspiring for and manifesting that our horrible bosses, they will they really, they will get their comeuppance one day. Also, it's something that my therapist told me. Actually, this was in reference to the boss that I told the story about. Um, when my therapist confirmed that she was, in fact, a textbook narcissist, my bo- uh, my therapist said, the great thing about narcissists is that they will literally never be happy. They will never be able to like achieve happiness because they always are wanting something else. And that does bring me kind of great peace. So if you are dealing with a narcissistic boss, just know that like they will never experience true happiness. So like that is beautiful at the end of the day. It's beautiful to know that it brought me some solace. Hopefully it'll bring you some solace. My boss made me search for a pair of his underpants, which he forgot in the costume baggage from a photo shoot. No, like again, do people not see just like overstepping a boundary? That is so weird and just like so shameless. Like that is an easy thing that you could have gone and done yourself. But it's like because they have employees, they might as well just like take advantage and make them do whatever they think they deem appropriate, which is crazy. It's just crazy. People are insane. Um, He was uncomfortable leading me because I was a woman. Our weekly one-on-ones consisted of him walking in front of my desk, giving me a thumbs up, shrugging his shoulders and shaking his head. Yes. Saying we good. That is like, that is fully insane. And also just like you're an ineffective boss. You were completely not good at your job. If you have an inability to manage a woman, what does that even mean? He felt uncomfortable leading you because I was a woman. 
okay, how about you do us all a favor and grow up and seek counseling? What is that? That's crazy. And also, was there someone above him that you could be like, he's he refuses to manage me due to the fact that's illegal it's illegal like they have those things that on job applications that say that they like won't discriminate against you based on your race gender ethnicity sexual orientation like all of that like you can't it's crazy that once you get the job then they can decide like oh I'm actually nope you're a woman so no that's yeah that's just like not even it's not real. It is real and it's all too real, but it's also just insane. Okay, on to the next one. My boss screamed at me, are you fucking stupid? In a glass meeting room looking onto the reception of the office where the clients were waiting. Yeah. Are you kidding? I hope the clients got up and left. If I were a- attempting or considering doing business with a company and that's what I saw when I was meeting with them, I would... I would turn around and I would walk my ass out of that office. That's insane. That is fully insane. Ew. And just like, again, no boundary. Like you can't do that. You, If you can't control your emotions to have a civil conversation with an employee, who, who are you to be a boss? I did an internship in a bank. I once made a small mistake at work. I had already been working until 8 p.m. that day. That's insane, by the way, for an internship. Um, My boss had anger issues, so of course he got really angry. He then started printing out flyers to find a new intern (laughs) in front of me and proceeded to put them on everyone's desk around me. The desks were all empty because everyone had gone home at that point. (laughs) Get this man a therapist ASAP. That's horrible. That is literally so horrible. What? he doesn't like tell you that that you're done he doesn't tell you that you're fired but he just like starts print that is so like passive aggressive and petty but so it just takes it to an extreme and it's also like what a weird thing to waste your time on like just go home just go home and move on with your night like it's crazy it's crazy to go to that length to like make someone feel sad bosses so many bosses are just like middle school bullies but bigger. Do you know what I mean? They just like resort to the same like petty shit. And they just, again, the power trip that I think a lot of middle school bullies feel for some reason, it's like the same. It's all the same. Middle school bullies and bosses are the same breed. They are cut from the same cloth. Gross CPA, who was a leader at his church and believed all women should be barefoot and pregnant. That's a crazy sentence. He rated the women that would come into the office on a scale and was constantly doing the up-down look at everyone, including me, and then started to come on to me asking me for massages. I shut him down and started job hunting. He withheld my due overtime and bonus pay, finally got a new job and quit. That is straight-up sexual harassment, just straight-up textbook definition of sexual harassment. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it makes me so furious because they only do that. They only do things like that when they know they can get away with it. And it just like infuriates me that that was something that he knew he could get away with. That is nasty. And I'm really sorry you had to go through that. That's gross, gross, icky. 
Thank you so much to everyone who wrote in for this week's episode. Again, they would not be possible in any way, shape, or form without you. So I really do appreciate it. Thank you for listening and I will chat with you next week. Bye.